0: This episode of Irem Today is brought to you by Smart Coats, serving both residential and commercial clients across all of New England. Call 800-232-1851 or visit them online at smartcoats.com.
1: The following paid program is furnished by the Institute of Real Estate Management, Rhode Island Chapter 88. It is for basic entertainment and informational purposes only and is solely responsible for its content. It does not necessarily reflect the views of Cumulus Media, its management, or its staff. This is IREM Today, the Property Management Show, with your hosts, Chrissy Denalian and Rod Santagata on AM790 WPRV. Join them now for this live call-in show to discuss property management issues and hear from guests from all trades and programs discussing your real estate needs. Now, here's Chrissy and Rod.
0: All right ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Iram today, the property management show here on AM 790. Today is Tuesday, November 13th, 2018. I'm Chrissy Denalian. In studio today with my substitute co-host, Jack Bents. Welcome.
2: How are you doing, Chrissy?
0: I'm great. I nice. listen to your commercial. I feel like I feel like you're here in studio every week. Every week. I every can't. week I, I hear your voice and no, I don't miss me. I, you don't have to miss me. Though. I know. I mean, I, I guess I don't.
2: Time. I mean, it's 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 here. I'm lucky. It's here. Well, I don't know about lucky. That's not going to
0: be too I'm away. Lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. I'm lucky. I so. have Jack Benz. We also have City Council President, Mr. David Salvatore, in studio. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Welcome, Chrissy. David.
2: Yep. Thank you, Jack.
0: You can't take over yet, Jack. Not yet. I'm not oh, done. God. I'm not Wait, come done. On, come <laughs> I'm done on. talking.
3: Okay. Jack's I can, chomping okay. at the bit over I can, here. I can't.
0: Okay. But in case this is the first time you're tuning in, Irem today is your live local radio show every Tuesday live. from 4 to 5 p.m. Now, it's live, Jack. Live. So, what does that mean?
2: We are one of a kind in the state.
0: Well, that's not really where I was going with this. But yeah, we are one of a kind. kind. But because we're live Live. and we're not syndicated, syndicated. people can call in with questions. Try not to cut off Jack because he'll be very mad about your questions. But you can give us a call here in the studio if you have any questions for me, for Jack, for David Salvatore uh, at 401-437-5000 or 888-345-0790. So, um,
2: by the way, what is IRAM?
0: What is IRAM? IRAM yeah. stands for the Institute of Real Estate Management. We are the most professional group in the world. The most. For managing real, real estate.
2: For managing real estate. Yes.
0: Uh, we actually offer a couple of different designations through IRAM, uh, one being the ARM, which I am an ARM, which stands for the Accredited Residential Manager. It's ARM of the Year. I am, actually. Yes, thanks. Two oh, too. Oh,
2: absolutely. Congratulations toot my again horn. many yes. times. Yes.
0: <laughs> and then our other designation, which is the Cadillac of all designations, which is our CPM, which Jack Benz Cer- holds. Thank you. And what is the CPM?
2: Certified Property Manager. It's like getting a degree from Brown University. Yes. It used to be Harvard, but I figured bring it home. We got we to gotta bring, bring home. it home. We got to bring, bring it local. Home. Yes.
0: So if somebody goes into your business and they say, I'm a CPM, I'm looking for work, and you have somebody else that has maybe a few years of real estate management experience, uh, maybe, you know, who who would you probably go with if you were looking to hire somebody? Well,
2: if there was two individuals and they had basically the same uh, experience, all right, and one of them had a CPM, I would be more inclined to pick the CPM knowing what the CPM means and what it stands for and the experience along with that uh would make up my mind
0: right they are actually they're going to have a couple of different um we actually have a couple of classes going on uh the arm track come Uh, January and it's going to be local so we'll get into that a little later in the show Uh, but we do offer scholarships with the different designations that we offer and you can go right on our website iramri.org and uh, you can click on the scholarship link it's a pretty easy uh, application to follow you just need a letter of recommendation you need to be in this industry for over a year and um, you know I I think that you know, most people do take advantage of that, that that does cover about 75% of the course cost. So it is something that you should definitely look into. Uh, And I also like to mention Karen Cuddle, who's our association executive, executive,
2: great executive secretary.
0: She is. And she takes care of everything from updating our website to, um, posting you posting pictures on Facebook about all of our different events. We had an event last week that was the, um, the Industry Partners Night. Uh, I wasn't able to go, but I know Rod's going to update us on that next week. Did you go?
2: I was not able to attend. I was yeah. in Denver. Oh. So I, I could not attend. I went to see my grandchildren in Denver, who I haven't seen in about two years. So
0: oh, that's nice. I went to Denver. I think yeah. that's maybe a little more important than the Industry Night. I but would think so. <laughs> but uh, if you wanted to give Karen a call, if you had any questions about being an industry partner, about uh, our different events that are coming up, you can give her a call at 401-479-7734. Guess with, what, Jack? With
2: that, he said.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it okay. over to you. I know Thank you have you. so many questions, and he told me I only had three minutes to talk. <laughs> I'm only going to give you three minutes now. Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
2: Uh, we, obviously, we, we indicated that we have David uh, Salvatore and Council President of the City of Providence, and thank you for coming and joining the show, David. Thank uh, you both for having me. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on after the election and probably more things going on than during the election. And with that being said, I, I know the City Council, I believe, I stand to be corrected, just approved a new building, proposed building on I-195. All right, I know you had some reservations about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own personal opinion, being I'm a devel- developer and and I, th- I thought that that would be a great addition to the city. Uh, I look at, uh, I don't want to say how long I've been around, but I've been around a few years. And I remember when everybody was fighting the GTEC building and fighting the apartments uh, along the, uh, the, the river there. Uh, and that turned out to be something fantastic for the city, so. Uh, this is another opportunity, uh, Mr. Fain, I think, wants to invest $300 million. I don't think that Mr. Fain is out of whack and not thinking about what he's doing, but your thoughts relative um, to—I
4: I think I've been uh, pretty upfront and honest with my position in terms of development in Providence during my tenure on the city council. I'm, I'm finishing my second term. I was just elected to my last term um, last week, so I'll be mm-hmm. serving another four years. Um, you know, the Fain project is is challenging on on multiple levels. First, let me be very clear that I welcome Mr. Fain to, to develop in the city of Providence. I think it's very important for our state's capital city to attract um, outside development. When I say outside developers from outside of, of Rhode Island, yep. and Mr. Fain has certainly done his homework and uh, sees something special in Providence, as as we all do. Uh, with that said, uh, several years ago, uh, the city of Providence um, invested a lot of time, energy, and resources on creating a comprehensive plan. And that comprehensive plan uh, included input from the community stakeholders, the development community. And the message that we heard was consistent across the board, and that's uh, that developers want predictability. And the plan that was proposed was uh, was signed off on, enacted by the city council, and signed off on by by the mayor. So, the three hundred in there are a couple of numbers uh that have uh, that have been floated out there in terms of what this investment would be mm-hmm. uh, it's between two hundred and fifty and three three hundred million uh it's, That's
3: it's not, pretty good piece of change I think it is yeah. whether it's two fifty <laughs> it th-
4: whether it's two fifty <laughs> or three hundred it right. is and again, I welcome Mr. Fain and his development uh it just seems that all of the hard work and time and energy and resources that were uh, invested going to be thrown out the window if this is approved, and I have suggested alternate sites in the city of Providence, whether they be uh, at the intersection of Waybosset and, and Westminster Street, uh, where there was a proposal to build a uh, a tower uh, about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. The economy um,
2: that was took a the downward. Cor- that was with the Cornish group, wasn't it? The Buff Chase? Is that with him? Or was that with...
4: Uh, it might have been Buff. Buff might have been involved yeah. in, in that project. There's also the uh, the former public safety building complex site, uh, which is now a surface parking lot. So I think uh, alternatively, there, there are other options. This particular parcel of land uh, as part of the 195 redevelopment zone, uh, I'm looking for uh, some commercial development, some residential. I have been, uh, I, I'm not convinced that this particular project is financially feasible at this time
2: uh, that is your position, and mm-hmm. we respect that uh from my standpoint i I like the proposal sure, so I'll just tell you <laughs> yeah you know, I, so. again
4: i don't I don't think it's a bad proposal mm-hmm. uh I think in let me be clear that I'm a big fan of tall buildings. Mm. Uh, I just don't think that that parcel of land uh, is suitable for what Mr. Fain wants to do. Uh, the federal government made it very clear that uh, a percentage of the 195 redevelopment zone uh, is to be dedicated for open space. Yes. Uh, this particular project, I think, would overshadow the space that that the federal government was looking uh, for Providence to develop. Mm. Uh, and and we've. We have done our homework. I think that there's a lot of literature um, to suggest that open space does attract commercial development and residential development for that matter. I think companies are looking for uh, these open spaces because that's where employees want.
2: It's strange you should say that because that's one of my pet peeves Mm -hmm. is the availability of housing Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and housing from the standpoint of what's being built now, even the famed Proposal does not really accommodate workforce housing. Mm -hmm. There's no way in God's green earth that anybody builds anything in that particular location, the I 195 area, that the rents are going to be uh, compatible to have people that are uh, who would be renting workforce housing, police, fire, uh, teachers, nurses, all right, uh, would be able to afford the rent that they're going to be able to charge in that area. And we're talking probably in the neighborhood, correct me if I'm wrong, anywhere from 1400 to $1,700 a month rent. If somebody's going to mm. build that, mm-hmm. unless they have some kind of a subsidy. Sure. Soft it, money, hard money, whatever.
4: Look, in, in whether they're $5,500 a month rents, which mm-hmm. are being suggested for this particular proposal, or that uh, so-called workforce housing uh, that you alluded to, Uh, subsidies are going to be required because the cost, as you know, of building in Providence and Rhode Island, for that matter, Mm. are much higher than other jurisdictions in the New England region. Absolutely. Um, You know, the governor has done a fantastic job of attracting businesses and jobs that we're looking for, okay? Mm. Those middle class, 60, 70, 80, $90,000 a year jobs, even those public sector uh, positions that you referenced, public safety teachers. I'm not convinced that the rents that will be charged at the Fane Tower will be commensurate with the jobs that are being created in the there capital no city. There's no way
2: in God's green. No, we're looking at anywhere from, I'm guessing, $2,500 to $4,000 a month rent yeah. for those units. We're so actually
0: the- going to have to, I'm sorry to interrupt here, gentlemen, but we're okay. going to have to take a quick break. We're going to talk more about this when we okay. come back. Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Iron Today, the property management show. We'll be right back after this.
1: Now back to IREM today, the property management show on AM seven ninety WPRV.
0: All right, it is four twenty here on IREM today, the property management show. I'm Chrissy Denalian, along with my substitute co-host Jack Benz.
3: Right here,
2: yes, here we are. We're live, live here. Well, I'm living.
0: live here in the studio every Tuesday. Usually, Jack is a lot. I feel like every other week, maybe other four week, to five yeah. p.m. And we try to keep it every other week. Every hopefully. other week, I keep a, I keep it keep entertaining. It, keep it
2: entertaining. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Chrissy.
0: So before and, we left for break, we were talking about a couple of different things, Jack. Uh,
2: we were talking about, uh, w- with the council president, about affordable housing and workforce housing. There is a difference, which nobody, uh, not nobody, few people realize what the difference is between affordable housing and workforce housing. Tell
0: me what it is.
2: Tell you what it is. Tell me what it is. 30, 40, I don't know in residential. 30, <laughs> 30 and 40 percent AMI is affordable housing and also up to 50 percent. The... Uh, the AMI in the state of Rhode Island is probably about fifty three to fifty five thousand dollars all right The average uh, alternate minimum income. all right We look at that rate from thirty to forty to fifty. We don't even look at anybody in the eighty to a hundred percent AMI to one hundred and twenty percent AMI and I think the councilman uh wanted to address that. We talked about it off uh, off the air, but uh nobody is looking at workforce housing. everybody's looking at. Uh,
3: affordable. affordable
2: housing, and, and that's that, that's something that somebody has to have the political will to step up and say, how do we put together a program uh, to aff- afford uh, and build uh, affordable housing? Because it takes what they call soft money. All right, and it's, it's it's a subsidy, is what it is. If you're going to build something, because the cost in this in this state is just prohibitive to build housing. So you had some ideas. Do you have the political will?
0: Do you have the political (laughs) will? Look, I I, I
4: think Jack is right. I think we need politicians to step up and look at both sides of of the equation. We need to look at low to moderate income housing as well. There's a 30,000 unit shortfall uh, that the state is projecting over the next 10 years. That's Uh,
2: 3,000 units a year. We're not even close.
4: Not even close, not even close. And we continue to go out and borrow once every six to 10 years. IT'S NOT ONLY THE principal THAT WE'RE ASKING TAXPAYERS TO PAY FOR, IT'S THAT HIGH INTEREST AS WELL. Yep. Uh, THERE NEEDS TO BE A DEDICATED, uh, PREDICTABLE REVENUE line, uh, LINE ITEM IN THE STATE'S BUDGET uh, SO THAT TAXPAYERS KNOW THAT THEY'RE GETTING THE BIGGEST BANG FOR THEIR BUCK uh, AND IT'S PREDICTABLE. THAT COUPLED WITH, TO YOUR POINT EARLIER, ABOUT WORKFORCE HOUSING, THE GOVERNOR AGAIN HAS DONE A FANTASTIC JOB OF, of uh, ATTRACTING NEW BUSINESSES uh, WITH MIDDLE CLASS JOBS. Where are these folks going to live?
2: They don't have anywhere to live right now, really, that they can afford. They can live, but they can struggle.
4: In a climate where inventory is very low, we're seeing uh, increased home prices. Uh, There isn't much opportunity right now, uh, and folks, quite frankly, in Rhode Island are being priced out of the market, whether they're renting
2: or they're buying. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are coming down from Massachusetts buying here because it's so damn cheap, and the people living here or trying to live here can't afford it, so they have to go out. Into the burbs mm-hmm. and try to find uh, housing, renting, renting sure. or buying. So it's it's a conundrum that I think somebody's going to have to step up the plate sooner, sooner or later. You just said thirty thirty thousand units in ten years. Not a rocket science, but I think I can figure this one out. That's three thousand units a year, and good job, Jack. From what, Jack. I, from what I, not, not bad. <laughs> good job, Jack. Not bad. And from what I know, because I'm I'm in the business and I know how many units have been put online, and it's nowhere near three thousand units it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 so there's a kind of a shortfall i think i I mean
4: i in providence um there hasn't been an appetite to have these difficult conversations publicly however uh this year i did create a commission uh that does not include city council members Uh, it Hmm. includes experts in the field uh they are um convening as we speak uh and i'm Looking forward to the report of, of findings and recommendations that they present to the council in the coming months, um, hoping to to see that report uh, in early December, mm-hmm. uh, with an opportunity to introduce
2: some legislation uh, early next year. That's good. We'll see. Now that that brings up an interesting point. There is a building in the center of the city of Providence. Uh,
0: Jack's favorite topic. Superman building.
4: <laughs> 111
2: Westminster Street. favorite topic. Couldn't (laughs) couldn't you uh, look at some kind of housing going in there? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because sooner or later, that building is either going to fall down or be knocked down. Now, I don't know if you have anybody uh, inside information relative to, is there anybody interested in it? Uh, Comcast, somebody, Amazon, I don't know, anybody that might be interested in a combination of people coming in renting portions of it because that that building was sitting there if I'm not mistaken for almost ten years now
3: and
2: and that building the facade of that building is very suspect right now sure so somebody's got to do something sooner than later and I don't know what it is and if you try to knock it down my god there's gonna be such a human cry but all the uh, uh, historical people go crazy well but it's beautiful
0: inside. I know, you know it's, it's gorgeous, gorgeous inside,
2: but the outside is yeah. taking a beating. Right. The inside is taking a beating also. Right. It looks great, but if you go up on the upper floors and you start looking at what kind of condition it's starting to deteriorate, right. Anything starts to deteriorate if it's just been sitting there, there for 10 and years. It hasn't been an activity. Right. And so wh- what what's your and, take on that? And one eleven
4: Westminster Street is going to require um several subsidies, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. because of the interior and it has been deteriorating for so long uh, that it's it's a gargantuan project, quite frankly,
2: at this point. They got and twenty-four million dollars in debt on it now. I know uh, uh, GTEC over there is uh, yeah. one of the one of the partners yeah. in it.
4: Look, in an ideal world, I would love to see some mixed-use development uh, in that space. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, yeah. it would certainly be conducive to what we're attempting to do in the downtown, and that's create a residential neighborhood. Uh, with commercial space again that's commensurate with the rents um, and salaries
2: well, you know you talk about commercial space, you also have a problem with taxing commercial space mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest detriments I think to some people coming down and work in the city unless they have some kind of a tax treaty or mm-hmm. some other type type of uh, situation where they they can uh, forgo the tax or they can reduce the tax or or whatever.
4: Without without a tax stabilization agreement, uh, you would not see the cranes in the sky that you see today in downtown Providence and, quite frankly, in, in many of our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some good development happening in the residential uh, corridors in, in Providence. Uh, but with, without that tax stabilization agreement, you wouldn't see the development that's happening here in Providence. Um, I have introduced a proposal. Uh, the mayor fully supports it, and that's standardizing the tax stabilization application process so that developers don't have to jump through so many hoops when they're dealing with city hall.
2: That's the problem. The that's bureaucratic.
4: That's part of the problem, coupled with the high commercial property tax rate. We have, uh, when you look at mid-sized cities across the country, we have the fourth highest commercial property tax rate. In, the, uh, in the United States of yep. America, yeah. And that is a deterrent to that, development.
2: That is a huge issue. I've talked to a lot of people uh, downtown, Buff Chase being one of them, mm-hmm. Joe Paolino, you know, uh, and they they indicate and we because we you know we own commercial po- property in the city also uh, that th- this has got to have some kind of adjustment. I don't know what you can do except make sure this the continuation of the uh, building. Uh, process keeps going so that you can increase your tax base.
4: I think this is a two-pronged approach. First, we petition the council and the mayor for support uh, for this uh, standardized tax stabilization uh, process, and while doing that, we need to take a long, hard look at our city's finances because I think that's part of the reason why we have the fourth highest commercial property tax rate Mm. in the country. Think about what we could do with that rate. If we could reduce the unfunded pension liability by half, we what? would have an opportunity because reducing the commercial property tax rate right now, just reducing it by a dollar, costs the city between three and four million dollars.
2: Oh, absolutely! That, what, I mean, you've got a six hundred million dollar budget, so eight eight hundred million. It's close to eight. We must have missed the school been budget, been close to 8. All right, I must have been close sleeping, eight, seven, w- which, which you bring up an interesting-
0: Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, Jack. I got to cut you off here again. We do have to take another quick break, but I know that you're itching. You have a whole list of questions, and we're going to go through those right when we come back. So uh, we got to take a quick break. You're listening to IREM Today, the Property Management Show. We'll be right back right after this.
1: Now, back to IREM Today, the Property Management Show on AM790 WPRV.
0: All right, it is 4.34 here on IRM Today, the Property Management Show. I'm Christine Elian, along with my substitute co-host, we Jack Fentz. Yes, we, are, we back. are back in the studio. We uh, are here every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. So before we left, we were talking about a couple of things uh, with Very City much. Council President David Salvatore here in studio as well. Um, actually, last week, m- myself and Rod were talking about... Um, how there, there might be a new tax for vacant units, for vacant properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an article, I think, in Projo, maybe, about it, uh, about how uh, properties are going to be massively taxed that are vacant or abandoned. Um, I mean, do you have any insight on this? Yeah, was,
4: I, I
2: had my reservations. Before you do that, Sure. I looked at 18 different properties that the mayor had put together, the uh, bunny. Nickerson, who is a development director. Mm-hmm. That, with all due respect, and I said this to Bonnie, so I'm not saying anything to you and to Barry, mm-hmm. all right, that was a disaster. Those properties should be torn down and disposed of, some way, shape, or another, because if you look at the prices they had on those, which was absolutely insane. I'm sorry,
4: which 18 properties are you? 18 properties
2: to? in the city of Providence okay. that w- they had that the city had more or less taken over Mm -hmm. and had put out to bid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for developers to come in and look at them. We had a meeting in the Dolly Building. We all looked at them, and I don't think today anybody has bought, bought, purchased, or even looked at them. I went, maybe I'm an idiot, I went around and looked at all 18. And what I looked at, the condition of number one, the location of number two, all right, and what, what they were asking for prices was insane. So to give you an example, if I'm going to spend, they had one on there for $200,000. It wasn't worth two cents. Sure. So Jack! If, if I, if I, I'm serious. He's an appraiser <laughs> now. It, it's Jack! Gonna, it's going to cost me at least ten or $15,000 to knock it down because it was a good-sized house, all right? And then i got to clean it out, all right? So I'm in the bucket, so I pay 200000 on two twenty there's no way I can build another house that's going to sell for four, five hundred thousand dollars in that area. No way.
0: So what are you so, saying, I Jack? Mean, you I'm think th- that they're just going to knock down all the all the buildings now because they're going to be taxed on this, or you think that there's going to be a bunch of arson in Providence? <laughs> what I, do you think? Far,
2: far as I know, the city owned all these. That, that was the presentation. and They were clean. The liens. Mm-hmm. they would <laughs> take care of. Them. You must know. You must know this. I mean, you're you're, you're at the top of the uh, food chain here to uh, look at these things. So I mean. I, I looked at those, and I told Bonnie, and I told Barry, that and, and both of them basically agreed. Okay, so
4: I'll touch base with the planning department, find out why um, these 18 properties uh, are being appraised, and why they are. I'll,
2: uh, I'll email the stuff to you.
4: Yeah, please email it to me. And, and I don't know if it's the uh, if it's the housing market in Rhode Island, but from what you're saying.
2: There is one of them was sinking into the yeah, ground. another yeah. one that, and, and out of the 18, I think at least 10 had fire damage, all right? Some of them were in South Providence, some of them were in the West End, some of them were uh, over by off of uh, Branch Avenue Wonska. There was a couple of them uh, in that area there, mm-hmm. and if you looked at them, you say,
3: "Huh? send I mean,
2: over the list. I will definitely send over Please. the list with the mayors with the mayor's thing that's saying he's going to tax." The people, or the banks, or the owners, or whatever—that's another situation. I don't know if these houses are involved in that. I have yeah. no idea, but I'm just telling you what I know.
4: Well, right. if they're not—if they're not city-owned, mm-hmm. um, they would fall under uh, this new tax uh, that we did that we did pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my reservations about the proposal mm-hmm. uh, that we did vote on. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want homeowners who didn't cut their grass for three weeks Mm -hmm. to be taxed Mm -hmm. uh, at at such a high amount. The purpose of, and I did ask uh, these questions, the purpose of the ordinance uh, is to address the majority of bank-owned properties Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the city of Providence. Uh, I hear from constituents on a daily and weekly basis regarding abandoned properties in their neighborhood. Uh, And my message has been very clear. It only takes one of these bank-owned properties to bring down an the entire whole value. street. value, yeah. Okay. And we, I think, have a responsibility as, as the state's capital city to lead by example and to hold those property owners, in this case banks, accountable uh, for having them in their portfolios. If they're not willing to maintain them, then they should
2: do everything within their power to sell them. Let me give you an example. Steer Street... I live right off Stair Street in Smithfield, mm-hmm. Greenville. There's been a house on Steer Street that's been for sale for three years.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It is an FHA mortgage. Mm-hmm. They've had bids on it. They started out at 250 225 210 It's down to 190 I told the guy when he gets ready to sell it for a buck and a quarter, I'll go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only one little house, yeah. but it, it, and it's deteriorating every day. So, I mean, I, I think it's something to look into. Uh, let's move on to other stuff. Like the, there's been a proposal. I think the mayor has I've seen him on TV during the campaign to sell or lease or do something with the waterworks to reduce the thing. Mm-hmm. What's your take on leasing or selling the waterworks right, in situate, uh, which is a dicey, interesting mm-hmm. proposition? Mm-hmm. What is your mm-hmm. take? As a city council president.
4: I have publicly stated, and I will state it on this radio show, that I am opposed to privatizing our water. Uh, We have some of the best quality drinking water in the country. We don't celebrate that enough. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Uh, And I think privatizing or selling that entity to a private organization would diminish our quality, uh, the quality of our drinking water. So I am opposed to privatizing it. Uh, With that said, I am open to a long term lease structure, uh, I have always found it interesting that the PUC has allowed Providence Water to sell water to 60% of the state mm-hmm. and allow those municipalities to make a profit off of our water, while we cannot enjoy that same um, that same luxury, if you will, yep. okay? <laughs> if we have an opportunity to enter into a long-term lease structure, with the appropriate oversight mechanisms in place, I would be open to uh, to leasing it to, to an organization uh, so that we can address our long-term pension, unfunded pension liability. Just think about what we would be able to do if we were to cut that in half. We could have some of the best infrastructure, which by the way, companies look at mm-hmm. when they're considering a city uh, or
2: state to do business in. But you have a $2 billion deficit. You have the medical end on mm-hmm. one side, and then you have the pensions on the other side. So on
4: the medical side, I think we've all... Um, it's a pay-as-you-go system on the medical side. Yeah. What yeah. I'm concerned about on, on the pension side is those growing costs for the city are going to reach, at some point, $100 million in the very near future. It's not going to be in five years. It might not be in seven years. But when I say in the near future, it's going to be probably within 10 years that that arc reaches $100 million, and the city of Providence will not be able to sustain that.
2: I think there has to be some kind of an agreement somewhere to uh, control the spending in the city, mm-hmm. whatever the spending might be. I'm mm-hmm. not obviously privy to it, but mm-hmm. when the mayor says that the city is going to be a, in a slow death spiral over the course of the next 5, 10 years, I mean— mm-hmm. Uh, I think that when uh, Angel Tavares was in, he had got it under control somehow and had reduced the uh, pension funding, so. Yeah.
4: So as you know, I, I uh, on the legislative side and the city council, I led the charge uh, in working with the Tavares administration in reducing or addressing some of those um, unsustainable benefits mm-hmm. that were offered um, during the 80s and, and 90s yeah. to our retirees and I found found it unfair to our retirees that overly generous benefits were granted while the city failed to make the necessary payments into the system. Amen. Our retirees didn't do anything wrong, but we asked them to make sacrifices and to make concessions, and they did that. So I'm proud of the fact that we were able to stabilize uh, the city's finances, and I think a lot of the changes that we made um, are going to come to fruition uh, in the next several years. I think you're going to see the city's finances um, take advantage of the work, the hard work that we did. Uh, I think there's still a lot more work to do, though, uh, and I think the Water Supply Board is an interesting conversation. Uh, I don't think it's the the end-all be-all, and I don't think it's the, the, the silver bullet that's going to solve our long-term finances. Right. Um, but I think it's something that we should take a serious look at, uh, and we're going to need the General Assembly's help. Uh, Absolutely.
2: And what what? About, I switch gears a little bit on on the on the physical side. Uh, Kennedy Plaza, Kennedy Plaza, Kennedy mm-hmm. Plaza, and uh, there's an ordinance in the city that the police are supposed to give people tickets who are smoking. Mm-hmm. All right, right now, you know, my wife walks down there and she avoids that like the plague when her and a couple of uh, uh, employees uh, go walking through the city. Obviously, it's a how should I say it uh, a hoarding place and they uh, hang around and they smoke yeah. and and the mayor has put out an edict that that tells the police don't give out a ticket, but you have an ordinance is that no good i mean is is the law no good or is the ordinance the city puts together is no good or
4: there there are ordinances that are that are on the books that um, are either not enforceable mm-hmm. or the the city turns a blind blind eye to uh and, and look if 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 the city is serious about addressing the issues in Kennedy Plaza, I think we better
2: get serious about addressing homelessness simultaneously. I, I, I'm going back to affordable housing mm-hmm. and workforce housing. Mm-hmm. So, a- Anyway, I think that's something on your plate. I think that you guys are going to have to discuss it mm-hmm. internally and figure out what you're going to have to do because I think Hugh Clements does a great job, mm-hmm. chief of police. Best in the country. And his, his people are absolutely great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, there's none of the best. I have a couple of questions. Personally, for you,
0: sure. but we're gonna Please. we're gonna get to those right okay. after this break. Okay. So you're listening to IREM today, the Property Management Show. We'll be right back after this.
1: Now back to IREM today, the Property Management Show on AM 790 WPRV.
0: All right, it is 4:47 here on IREM today, the Property Management Show. I'm Christy Nalion, along with Jack Benson. Jack Benson
2: in the studio. He is oh in the studio. God.
0: And uh, I'm here every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Before we left, we were talking with City Council President David Salvatore. And I know Jack had a couple of personal questions that he wanted to ask him. Personal, personal questions. Personal questions.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, one, more, one more thing before I ask you the personal oh, question. Oh, geez. Just okay. changing up okay. on if you don't me. Mind. You're just yeah, well, changing yeah, it
0: up on s- me. Story
2: of my life. I <laughs> gave I, you I,
0: a great segue was, and forget it. I
2: was driving you know down what? the street and took a U turn. Okay. <laughs> uh, the. If you recall, I don't know whether it was a year ago or not, uh, St. Joseph's Hospital, mm-hmm. Mr. Paolino made a, uh, made a presentation at uh, St. Joseph's Hospital, mm-hmm. and the residents in that area went ballistic. In fact, I was at that meeting. I held up Steve Clampton taking pictures of all these people, and I'm being generous. A couple of them were, the lack of a better choice was, to be honest with you, they were idiots. Mm-hmm. All right? It got so bad... That the governor left. I don't know if you were there. Were you, uh, you might have been I there. You not. might not have been there. But Mr. Palino made a pitch to do something that would have benefited the ne- neighborhood. I'm sure it would have benefited him because Mr. Palino doesn't do nothing for nothing. Mm-hmm. But he made a pitch, and these people went ballistic.
0: Yeah, it was on the what? news and everything, I think. What? Yeah, right. Yeah. They yeah. Had pictures of it. Yeah. In yeah.
2: What, if anything, does the city have in plans? This, this is a huge facility. Yeah. All right, and there's also the pension thing with the, uh, with the diocese and everything else. But th- I'm not even talking. I'm talking about developing that. Yeah. I don't know how many acres is this. God's it's gonna be ten, fifteen acres. I think mm-hmm. it is, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken.
4: If I've learned anything during my time on the city council, yeah, it's get the neighborhood involved, engage mm-hmm. the neighborhood, let them know what your plans are, let them feel like they're part of the solution, and that might have been. Uh, the issue with that particular project.
2: Joe did not do that. I don't... He did not. I'm telling you right up front, he did not. He admitted (laughs) it. He did not.
4: Okay. And and again, that's what I've learned. If there's anything to take away from being on a local... Uh, board or um, city or town council, it's that you have to keep your residents engaged. You have to let them know your position on certain matters, and you have to let them know what your plans are for the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And if there is a private developer, and and I know uh, the former mayor very very well, um, if there is an opportunity to engage the neighborhood, any neighborhood for that matter, they usually Mm -hmm. welcome you with open arms. They might not like the idea, but they're going to share with you what their ideas and what their vision is for the neighborhood. And for too long now, we don't know how to meet in the middle. Correct. It's happening in Washington. It's happening at all levels of government. And I think there's a, probably an opportunity to uh, revisit that proposal.
2: But if I was the the former mayor, engage the neighborhood. Has anybody talked to him about it? Has anybody looked know. at the property? Has anybody done anything? That That's... I I know it has some uh, methadone clinics now or some mm-hmm. other things in mm-hmm. there but nothing nothing of any substance. Sure. And the land is just sitting there. All right, I mean it could something could be done. Yeah. And I know uh Mr. Palino dumped in a few few dollars a few dollars in his pocket is like about uh a trip to the Caribbean, uh, buying a Rolls-Royce. Or some <laughs> so he, and I'm sure it didn't hurt him at all financially, but I, I think that if somebody was to approach him, he'd relook at it again, yeah. and and again he did say that he didn't engage, <laughs> and he said that during that uh, that presentation, they didn't want to hear it. Yeah. I mean, don't come back no more, get the hell of out of my neighborhood. I we don't want to see you no more. We we're done with you. That is, it goes back to what you said. There's so much animosity, both politically and between different people, that it's become almost commonplace for everybody th- to disagree. Sure. If I have an idea, my idea is no good. Yeah. If you have an idea, your idea is no good, which is crazy. I mean, we have to learn to get along. If we don't, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Back to the personal aspect of it. Fire this away. is... Th- you are currently the council president. Yes. Obviously, there's been some... Indications that some other people want, might want to become council president. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know when the election is. I don't know what your feelings are. Do you wish to continue as council president? Uh, is, there, is, is there a firestorm uh, saying no, they don't want you? Or uh, how do you, how do you feel about where you are in the overall political f- on field on the Providence
4: City Council? There have always been two factions. Mm -hmm. of the council uh and and it seems while there are two factions everybody wants to be the council president Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm really proud of the work that i've done uh with our team over the last uh 12 months Mm -hmm. as as the city council president and we'll see how things play out um in january uh we're having discussions internally with uh, all of the members of the council Uh, and like i said we'll we'll see how things play out but at the end of the day uh, I'm really proud of the work that I've done over the last year as the city council president. It's uh, Even before being the city council president, I've, I've made it a priority to get outside of uh, the neighborhood that I represent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, the folks who elected me in the 14th Ward will always be my priority, uh, but I also think it should be a priority for council people to get outside of their neighborhoods and see what's happening throughout the city. Uh, especially from a public policy perspective, because when we are considering matters that are important to Providence, I think we have to get out of this mentality that I only represent a specific footprint in the capital city when there's so much
2: more happening throughout uh, throughout Providence. There's no at-large council people there in, are in not. Providence. So there you're, are not. you're it. From the standpoint of at large, if you want to call it at large. Well,
4: I would like to think that the city council president uh, does represent the whole city. I can't speak to uh, the approaches of my predecessors or their predecessors. Uh, I know the approach that I have taken not only as the city council president, but as a member of the city council has been open-minded to the entire city.
2: And your relationship with the mayor, I assume, is uh, okay? Yeah, yeah, I have a good yeah.
4: relationship with the mayor. Um, you know, we see eye-to-eye eye on, on a lot of public policy issues that impact Providence. Uh, and what we don't agree on, uh, we don't agree on. But, look, that that's a democracy. <laughs> that's the check and balance uh, that we're all looking for in local, state, and federal government.
2: Do you do you work? the – I know you're a lobbyist for the city, right? Am I wrong? in No, that? not no? for the city. For the
4: c- no. I, I am the government affairs I'll director I'll for, for the Rhode Island Association Rhode Island of Realtors. Realtors. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: okay, okay. So you, you do – lobby on
3: a, uh,
2: mm-hmm. on behalf of the Board uh, right. of Real Estate. Right? Yes. And at the state level. Is mm-hmm. Does that interfere with anything you do in the city or is that something No. That so
4: one of the first things that I did after being elected uh, to the city council presidency was to go to the ethics commission at the state level mm-hmm. and uh, put on paper what I can and cannot do. Uh, I'm sorry. After I took my uh, accepted the position with the Realtors mm-hmm. Association. Right. I apologize. Uh they drafted an opinion for me. I have adhered to that opinion to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottom line is if any, if RIAR, the Rhode Island Association of, of Realtors, or any of the local boards testify in support or opposition to a matter in Providence, mm-hmm. I am to recuse myself. Oh, you have to recuse? Oh, is that right? I am to recuse myself. Oh, uh, wow. And I have not run into an issue to date. I've made this uh, not a priority, but it, it is a priority. It was the first thing that I did after accepting the job with RIAR. Mm-hmm. I went to the Ethics Commission. I didn't have to go to the, to the Ethics yeah. Commission because I knew what I could and could not do. But it was important for that to be documented and filed with the state. So
2: it was good to get ahead of it. Absolutely. Before you uh, Absolutely. really get into a problem. So, I Absolutely. Mean, that, that's, that's amazing. So uh, with regard...
0: We're out of time. Uh, come I'm on. so sorry, Jack. <laughs> I know. You have some more questions. I can't but believe it. I'm very sorry. I, I want to... I want to thank the city council president, David Salvatore, for being here. Thank, thank you, you, Jack, yes, for getting thank him. You. Thank you both. And, thank you. One, uh, thing
2: I, one thing i like to say is, again, thank you, David, and I want to thank, thank, thank everybody you. that voted. It was tremendous yes. turnout. I want to thank it everybody was. that's listening. Thank you. Yes. David, thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you both. Coming
0: on. And if you're interested in anything that we went over today, from designations to becoming an industry partner, you can give Karen a call at 401 Four seven nine seven seven three four. 7734. If you've missed any part of the program, you can subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for IRAM Today, or you can listen to the podcast on our website at iramri.org. I guess that'll do it for today. I'll, we'll That's be back it. next Goodbye. week. We'll be back next <laughs> week, though, Jack. Yes, we will. We, we. will.
2: David Cicilline. Yes. Congressman David Cicilline.
0: Yes. So I'll see you next week. Thanks yeah. for listening to IRAM Today. No problem. Bye bye now. This episode of Irem Today is brought to you by Smart Coats, serving both residential and commercial clients across all of New England. Call 800-232-1851 or visit them online at smartcoats.com.